Till I'm Tiptoed You Dot com The podcast about pop culture Black history and spirituality Yeah It's about to be a great vibe Dr. Tip Gonna take it away Till I'm Tiptoed You Hey y'all, hey, it's your girl Tip. Thank you for joining me for another edition of Tell Em Tip Told You, the podcast where I share with you all my musings about Black history, Black culture, and Black spirituality. Now today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I'm not going to touch any current events going on. I got a lot of talk about uh, the Marine who lynches folks on subway trains and now thinks it's comical that we say it's racially motivated to Ice Cube, who's been missing since Trump ran, and now you're telling Black folk once again to divest from the Democratic Party. Like, I'm going to have those conversations on the next episode, but I want to tell you why I have not recorded for the last couple of weeks, and I also want to talk to you about where I am in my creativity. So let's just get started. You know, I've been feeling um, not very thoughtful, not very creative. And it's strange because academically I've been writing. I feel good about what I've been writing and I'm motivated by what I'm writing. But it seems to have taken my creativity, (laughs) all of my, let me say it this way. It's taken all of my creativity away from the other things that I enjoy doing, like spending time with y'all, doing lives on IG, things like that. And I've been warring with myself about what's happening. On top of that, uh, I recently lost someone who once was very close to me. So that compiled with that. There was a whole lot of self-loathing there for a minute. Um, And and that's what I want to concentrate on. You know, I've been talking about mental health a lot. It's something that I think requires work. And we we're not always clear with each other on how much work it requires to be mentally well. Um, and I remember being told once that there's a difference between surviving and thriving. And I realized that many of us, when it comes to our mental health, are surviving, right? We're just okay. Um, we're in therapy. We're doing work. We're Um, finding um, tools to keep ourselves well and grounded and things like that. But we're just barely getting by. And and a lot of it, at least for me, I can't speak for other people, a lot of it for me comes from how I feel about myself. And uh, particularly how I feel about where I am in my life at this point. Mental health requires grace for self, at least in my book. And I have found that when I am pushing myself to to live beyond what is in the present moment, that uh, here's what I mean by that. When I am trying to do the things that I think other people need for me to do, I feel incredibly torn, pressured, overwhelmed, all of that. And then I begin to feel weak. Right. Because I am struggling and because I feel weak, because I'm struggling, I tend to just check out. And that's what's happened with the podcast. That's what's happened with a lot of stuff. Now, if you're on my email list, you follow me on LinkedIn. 
If you are subscribed to the webpage and the blog, you've seen that I've been very consistent in those spaces um, because I'm trying to pull myself out. And I've been working on whatever block this is that's been going on with my creativity. And um, I want to share with you some some things that came to me um, that I feel like reminded me how to do what I need to do and to be in a good space again. So I, I just want to share with you a couple of points. Um, I, uh, let's just start off. You know, living is an art form. It's not a color by numbers exercise. It is an art form. And the problem is too many of us have been given these mimeograph sheets. I might be dating myself with the mimeograph sheets, but we've been given these worksheets to color in the lines, right? And our lives have become cookie cutter models for one another. Like I see this person, I aspire to their level of financial success. And so I'm going to try to do the things they did in their careers. Or I see this person, they've become incredibly healthy. I'm going to aspire to be them health-wise. And so I'm going to follow in their path just the way they did it. Now, there's nothing wrong with having models. You know, I think all of us should have a virtual role model. We need mentors, so on and so forth, someone who can help shape our direction. I'm not saying that there's a problem with that. What I'm saying is there's a problem when we are following models and do not allow ourselves the grace nor the courage to move beyond the lines when we're coloring the picture, right? And every time we go out of the lines, for many of us, particularly those who were raised as the quote-unquote gifted child or the smart kid or the most responsible child, going outside of the lines can cause an extreme amount of anxiety and guilt. And if we never stop to think about that, if we never stop to think about the impacts of our socialization on how we live our lives, we lose, right? We lose. I blogged about it this past week, and I also um, had Instagram stories about a girlfriend of mine came to town, right? So those of you who remember the episodes where I was in the dump of an apartment, I finally got out. I'm in a new place. Um, it's nice. I finally got my furniture out of storage, so it's decorated in a way that I like. Um, but, you know, for me, it was functional. It wasn't, oh, I get to decorate my space. It was, I can finally get my stuff. <laughs> it was just functional. But when she was here, a good friend of mine, um, you know, she came to the apartment. She's like, I really like, you know, you, you got masks on the wall and you got all these textiles. And I just really, really like the vibe. You got baskets. everywhere. Yeah, you know, that's me. I still need some more green plants. So, y'all, you know. Um, and then we went to campus the next day and she came to my office and she was, she, she stopped and she was like, you know, I really like how your space reflects you. Like, this is so you, it's so you, I wouldn't have thought to put this here and I wouldn't have thought to put that there. And I, I had forgotten how much I do like adorning my space, adorning my body, adorning my life with things that remind me of my culture and my legacy, my ancestry, my southernness, um, I had forgotten. It took her to show me how much I've been moved from my center and how, how little I've been appreciating 
things in my life that bring joy and beauty, right? If living is an art form, I realized that I was no longer creating, but instead I was just coloring in the lines, and that's not fun. And in fact, I think there was something in my soul that felt off, but I didn't give it attention because sometimes, you know, Ngugi Watiango writes about, he has a book called Moving the Center. And it's really about the use of African languages in literature rather than our colonial languages, right? But in it, in the truth of Moving the Center, he reminds us of how the creep away from our centeredness um, is sometimes so comfortable that we forget we've been moved. Right. And when we're responding to things like the current events I'll talk about next week, um, we can be slowly pulled away from joy. You know, I talk a lot about Toni Morrison's uh, comment that racism is a distraction, and I think it's applicable in a lot of different ways. But let me tell you how it applies here for me um, in hopes that it applies for someone else and you can hear it a little bit differently. When she says racism is a distraction, right, she is talking about how it distracts us from the work we need to do to create wholeness, not in a reactionary way, but in a proactive way based out of love and not anger and fear, right? But racism is also a distraction in that it moves us away from our joy, right? It's hard to remain joyful in the face of all that we, we deal with. Economic insecurities, food insecurities, housing insecurities, um, political insecurity. I mean, look at, again, I'm not trying to do the politics, but the growing fascist movement in this country at the state level. I've said a long time, we got to pay attention to local politics, y'all. We These things, though, have effects on our well-being, and if we're not active in our resistance to them, we lose. Right. And here's what I mean by active in our resistance in the light of Toni Morrison's quote. Active resistance does include protesting, um, boycotting, creating our own spaces, education, health care, so on and so forth. But it also includes creating deliberate spaces of joy. Right. And part of our joy comes from living our lives holy as we desire to live them. See, the only constant thing is change. Octavia Butler tells us that, right? The only constant thing is change. And change is always happening whether we are aware of it or not. And too often, the changes that pull us away from the things that give us joy are so subtle, we're not paying attention to them. Right? I have forgotten how much I love bracelets and rings and toe rings and anklets and all these things. I haven't worn them in forever because they were boxed up in storage because I'm running to this nine. I'm not used to working eight to five, right? I'm faculty moving into administration. So the grind of the day has me lesser inclined to pick out an outfit that gives me joy. I am. I was moving. Change was occurring even if I wasn't consciously aware of the change. And this is why we have to surround ourselves not only with friends who can see when things have changed for us, but also see and celebrate the beauty that is you. 
right? When Latrice said these things to me, she wasn't trying to check me. What she was doing was celebrating the parts of me that she appreciates. And it helped me see myself in a different kind of way. We have to be surrounded by people who celebrate us, who see us even when we forget to see ourselves. See, another part of this is, and this is what I meant by living as an art form. We are creators. You know, I know the term has taken on this new uh definition because of the zeitgeist we're in with digital product creation and so on and so forth, personal branding, whatever, whatever. But I want to remind us, particularly African descended people, we are creators who've been socialized into consumers, right? So even our lives are spent, many of our lives, I won't say all of us, many of our lives are spent in constant pursuit of a thing we can purchase, a material good, When in reality, we're made as creators. And that how we see ourselves as either the creator or the consumer has a profound impact on our own agency. Do we see ourselves as capable of creating solutions to institutional societal problems? Or do we see ourselves as consumers waiting to be given the solution? It's a subtle shift But change is always occurring, even if we're not always aware of it. Our desires to be like other folk is what shaves off the best parts of ourselves. Right? If I am constantly trying to write like someone else, and to be honest with you, this is where some of the pressure of the podcast comes from for me. If I'm constantly trying to want my podcast to sound polished and crisped, crisped and crisp like NPR or Seth Godin or The Read, you know, if I want these different flavors on the podcast, then I'm constantly pressured by trying to pursue that thing rather than settling into Tiffany, you pretty damn fly by yourself. And I could be better if one of y'all sign up to come talk to me on the show. <laughs> but, and, and I'm going to write about that in the show notes, but, you know, because I've been pursuing this other person's picture of success, of a, of a successful podcast, I've shaved off the authenticity and the, the rawness of, of my own, which I think is what gives it flavor, Right. I've ceased being an artist in that moment. I'm trying to consume someone else's format. That doesn't work because I'm a creator. I was socialized as a consumer. I'm a creator. And how I present to you, I hope you enjoy it, but it has to also align with me and the things that bring me joy. Right? Part of, um, and let me, let me give you a side note, right? A lot of us have been posting and resharing and remixing reels and TikToks that have clips of the um, Janelle Monet interview from Angie Martinez um, in Real Life podcast. If you have not seen the whole thing, go to YouTube um, and search it up. I'll put the link in the show notes. Honey, go watch that whole interview because it really took me there. And it's what gave me the strength to sit down and go ahead and record this episode. Um Because I was inspired by watching these two women discuss what it means to be free. 
what it means to release oneself from the lines. What does it mean to color beyond the lines? What does it mean to step into the world and say, I'm an artist and I get to decide what this shit looks like, right? What does it mean to live that freely? And who benefits when we don't? See, I'm, y'all know I'm petty and I'm a, I'm, I'm a resistor at, at heart. Um, and one of the golden questions I want all of my students to eventually ask, and I want all of us to get into the habit of asking is, who benefits when I'm not my best self? Right. There's a system that benefits when I'm not living as an artist, when I'm living as a consumer. Capitalism benefits and capitalism isn't always in our folks best interests, despite what these neo-noir ultra capitalist black folks say. (laughs) But in watching that podcast, I realized this is what I need to be feeding myself. I need to be feeding myself free black women. Or as Janelle Monae says, a free black motherfucker. I need to be feeding myself this. Right? So I'm going to ask you gently, what is your muse? Where are you inspired? Who inspires you? It might be, um, and I realize again, it's a subtle pull from center, what we do, how we do. I haven't been to the river in a long time. That's one of my, my, my places, right? That's my jam. I'm a water baby. I need to be near water. But I got, I'm got i so caught up um, in the hustle and bustle of my car is not working. I got to you know, run an hour and a half down the road to borrow my, my dad's car and this and that. And in all of these things, and, and I don't have time to go to the river. I've not thought about going to the river. But forgetting that the river is where I find solutions to the problems that would free me up some. Because I'm no longer seeing myself as a creator Capable of creating space for myself. I see myself as a consumer needing to buy, needing to replace, needing to put in somebody else's stuff to make my life more whole. Where is our courage to create? Now, I'm not just talking about artists who produce visual art, music, things like that, Uh, uh, seamstresses. Uh, leather goods people, I don't know what you call it when you make shoes and purses, but y'all know what I'm talking about. People who make jewelry, waist beads, all of these things. I'm not talking about just people who create tangible art or declare themselves as artists. I'm talking about all of us, particularly black women. We're created in the very image of the creator. We're supposed to be creating. You know, and I have the, uh, I did it as Instagram. um, It used to be called IGTV. I don't even know if it's still called that. But I did it as an IGTV video a long time ago. And I'm going to try to see if I can rip it and put it into YouTube. But when I did the um, divergent thinking talk, divergent thinking is creativity. Here's how our art is what defines our freedom. You know, I've told you before, Okat Pipitek has an essay called The Artist, the Ruler. And in it, his, um, his assertion is that it's not politicians that govern our society. It's an artist who creates the ideas that govern societies. Uh, we see it a lot in the Black arts movement that we were able uh, collectively to be shaped by 
good art that saw black as beautiful, saw black power as essential to liberation and freedom and joy and beauty and, you know, so on and so forth. That comes from divergent thinking. Divergent thinking is, um, and divergent thinking is not always healthy. I talk about that more in the video. And when I finally can get it ripped over to YouTube, I'll share it. But if you're on Instagram and you go through my IGTV, you'll see it there. Um, it's an older video for, from a couple of years ago. But divergent thinking is looking at problems in new ways. Isn't that creativity? Like asking yourself new things. Thinking outside the box. See, if I remember... Um, my mentor said it all the time, but he, he was quoting Carter G. Woodson's Miseducation of the Negro when Woodson basically says, if you're conditioned to always come in the back door, you'll create one for, you, for yourself, even if there isn't one there, right? And I listen to people like Killer Mike and Ice Cube and all these divest from democracy type foolishness. Um, and anyway, uh, that I'm not doing that today. But... Divergent thinking is capable of giving us new solutions because it moves away from prescriptive, predicted behaviors. See, our enemies have, they're the ones who socialized us through the U.S. public school system, through social media, through old school media like newspapers, magazines, TV shows, so on and so forth, where the images of black beauty were always light-skinned women with light hair and light eyes. Um, or where images of the ultra-masculine black man were very dark, very muscular, not necessarily known for their brilliance, but for their physical strength. Um, when they feed us these images, then, then they know that they can predict our behaviors in certain kinds of ways. And so as long as we're looking for keys to freedom in how we've been socialized, they can predict our moves, Right? That's why they know knew in 2020, if you gave us a couple of DEI spots, created some DEI positions. Listen, DEI is for white folk. I'm going to be writing about that more. But DEI was never for us. It was to placate white guilt and to distract us. But it was never meant to benefit us. Not in any, any substantial way. Or else it would. Right? Just like Brown v. Board of Education, DEI cannot mandate a feeling change. And until feelings of white supremacy, of patriarchy change, there will be no lived change. But divergent thinking has to ask the right questions. Who benefits from DEI? Who, who has benefited from affirmative action? Is it any different? Is it affirmative action in new clothes? Where the rhetoric of it is about equity, but the reality of the policy is not, right? If that requires some divergent thinking. You have to be willing to stand outside of the box that was created for you. And I'm telling you, um, it is my story. I, won't ma I can't make it yours. I should not make it yours. But I wanted to share with you what I think has had me feeling a little stuck, a little off, a little less creative, is I did not realize how comfortably I had put myself in the box. Had it adhered to the versions of success um, and beauty and normalcy that somebody else created for me and somebody who does not benefit from my liberation. See, I think it's time for us to think about freedom differently.
right? When Chanel Monet says she wants to be remembered as a free-ass motherfucker, what does that look like? What does it sound like? What does it taste like? What does it move like? What does it call God like? Like, as long as we are distracted, Mama Tony told us, we can't be free. So that's really all I wanted to say today. I wanted to to share with you where I am in my thought processes. I wanted to share with you why, despite my commitment to be here for you once a week, I fell off that train. Um, again, I am trying. So in the other spaces, I've I've done the four or five day weeks in a row of no missingness. I'm gonna try to get there on the podcast as well. I want you to hold me accountable, please. Uh, if you're not subscribed to the blog or you haven't visited the website, uh, shoot me or go to the website at www.tellemtiptoldyou.com or shoot me an email if you'd like to be on the podcast at drtip at tellemtiptoldyou.com. I've enjoyed speaking with you today. I want you to remember that living is an art form. Do it your way, honey. All right. All right. Y'all have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day. Tell them to told you.